I suppose it's possible that you've tuned into a trashy reality TV show once or twice, and most have one defining trait, drama. We can become enthralled by watching the messy lies and poor choices others make. Yet what happens when one becomes addicted to the mess in their own life? Let's jump in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. Just a heads up, this episode has some content that might not be suitable for children. So parental discretion is advised. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got a question for you. Where are your choices leading you? When you're used to living a certain way, it can become difficult to pull away from that lifestyle, even if it's hurting you. We may have the best of intentions for our lives, yet in the end, the choices and actions we make become our reality. And what if that reality leads to a dead end? That's what we'll discuss in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Albert Einstein famously said, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Of course, this sounds logical and applicable, like if your car stops running, you don't just sit there and keep pressing the gas pedal. You look for the solution to the problem. Maybe you know someone that keeps making the same bad choices, but expecting a different result. Maybe it's you. In a way, we create our own reality. We keep stepping on the gas, but our car is up on blocks. Well, in this week's episode, we're going to look at a woman who couldn't help but keep choosing a messy life. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter our sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you're really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true story of Cecilia Cotlin. Sunday dinner. Pretty roses. Where'd you get them? From that garden over there. But that's not your house. It's okay. Nobody saw. <gasps> you stole them? They're just flowers. Who's gonna care? Ooh, you're gonna get in trouble. I'm not. What if someone from church saw you? Then I'll just tell God I'm sorry next week when I'm there. But stealing's a sin. Like I said, I'll just say I'm sorry. That always works. Her attempts to make permanent changes in her life would take her to some dangerous and depressing places. Would she find a way out of her hazardous existence? We'll find out in this true story of Cecilia Cotlin, right now on Unshackled. For many years, the idea of simply saying I'm sorry to get out of trouble became a habit for me. Every time I was caught in some form of rebellion, I vowed I would change my ways, but those good intentions never lasted long. I was born an only child to loving parents, 
but I was willful and stubborn, which was a source of contention between my mother and me. It only grew worse as I got older. My piano lessons became a particular source of conflict between us. Why are you home so early? Because I quit. What? Why? Mr. Shaney's never satisfied. Well, that's because you have real talent. No. Yes, he says you could even play in a concert hall someday. I don't want to play in a concert hall someday. Those lessons cost money. And, honey, you've worked so hard. Exactly. And I'm tired of it. I want to do other things. Like what? Like something fun. Like hanging around with your junior high friends? Oh, not again. Cecilia, they seem fast to me, especially the boys. You don't even know them. I know they don't go to church. Okay, I got it. <sighs> Fine, I'm sorry. There, better? No, but it helps. You're gonna have to make some changes around here. Fine. Can I go out with my friends this weekend? That was me. Get in trouble, apologize my way out, but never try to make changes. The same willful behaviors always followed me, and during high school, the choices my mother warned me about caught up with me. Mom, my ride's here. I'm leaving. Oh, just a minute. Ask that young man to come in. I'd like to say hello. Oh, we're late already. You can meet him some other time. Well, meet him? Aren't you going out with that nice Gregory from church? Uh, no. Why not? Greg's just a friend, Mom, not a date. I see. And this boy's one of those friends you promised not to see anymore. Mother, I'm 16. I'll choose my own friends. Oh, really? I warned you about those fast guys, Cecilia, and one of these days you'll get yourself into something you'll regret. Not gonna happen, Mom. I hope not. But it's up to you to set limits. Bye. But I didn't pay enough attention to Mom's warnings. In those days, sitting in a car to enjoy the company of the opposite sex was a pastime expected by most high school-aged boys. But while I enjoyed the experience of such new and exciting passions, I never realized I was playing with fire. And when these new romantic feelings finally went too far, we went too far. Stop that crying. I told you that boy was trouble. You don't understand. He, he said, um, he said he... I've heard it before, Cecilia. He said he loved you, right? I should have said no. Why didn't you? I'm sorry, Mom. This time I'm really very sorry. So what are you going to do about it? I broke up with him, and I, I promise it won't happen again. Fine. I just hope there isn't another problem in a few months. You mean... Oh, no! You don't think... Let's hope not. But keep that in mind next time you get too involved. Never again, Mom. I promise this time I'm really starting over. I'll go to church and I'll keep away from boys and... and you'll listen to your mother for a change. I was devastated and totally sincere about making a fresh start. I thought religion would help me keep my promises, so I went to church each week. But just attending church didn't seem to solve my problems. Thankfully, there was no unwanted pregnancy. 
But then, just as I graduated high school, my life changed drastically. All because of a trip to church, a good friend, and a forgotten hat. Cecilia, over here. Wow, this place is busy. I already ordered coffee for us. Thank you, Helen. Oh, and thanks also for loaning me your hat last week for church. Here you go. Thanks. And speaking of my hat, you know how sometimes things happen for a reason? I guess so. Sure. Well, if you hadn't forgotten your hat on the way to church, you wouldn't have had to stop and borrow one from me, and we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. What are you talking about? Joe. Joe? You remember? You met that night. Joseph. Oh, your husband's friend. Right. Did you like him? Because he sure liked you. He did? Well, he seemed nice. Nice enough to date? Because I gave him your number. Helen, you set me up. Not intentionally. <laughs> but you seem to hit it off and, well, sometimes that's all it takes. A nice guy, a pretty girl. And a forgotten hat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Coplin turned out to be the man I was certain I'd love for the rest of my life. We married just six weeks later and welcomed a new son soon after. But as I settled into married life, Joe didn't seem as interested in me as he was at first. His lack of attention began to make me feel lonely and dissatisfied. When all those passionate desires I thought I had left behind began to creep up again, I even searched out the company of other men, forsaking my wedding vows. When Joe found out my shame was so intense, I didn't think I could stand it, but he believed me when I apologized. So we decided to keep trying to make our marriage work. That looks great, honey. Thanks for fixing up the place. Just trying to make our little bungalow a home. You've made it a, a palace. Amazing what a little TLC can do for a place. Amazing what it can do for a wife, too. Yeah, well... I'm trying. I know. Hey, um, I got a letter from Dad today. What does he want? Cecilia. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, now I hate to ask you. What? Dad's down on his luck. He needs a place to stay. And? And since I'm fixing up the house, I figured he could stay here. Oh, Joe. What? Why not? For how long? I don't know. Look, does it matter? Cecilia, he's my father. Right. All right. I guess so. Trust me. It's going to be all right. But it wasn't all right. At all. We'd just begun to rebuild our marriage when Joe's father moved in, and everything changed. His father had a problem with alcohol, and he made Joe his drinking buddy. They spent all their time drinking, leaving me restless and searching for male companionship, even though I knew I couldn't handle the guilt of being unfaithful again. I thought going to church would help, but it only made me miserable and ashamed to admit my failures. Depressed, hopeless, I knew one thing for sure. I wanted out. Out of this marriage and out of everything else, and I would do that by any means necessary. Folks, we'll get back to Cecilia's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. 
Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry, and now... Back to the true story of Cecilia Cotlin. My marriage was failing and I was falling apart. Again. I tried to turn over that new leaf so many times, but nothing worked. I was tired of trying, tired of apologizing, and tired of religion that seemed powerless to help me. I decided I had only one choice to find peace. Excuse me, nurse. Um, they called about my wife, Cecilia Cotlin. Cecilia Cotlin. Yep, she's here. What happened? Is she... Sir, you're aware she tried to take her life. What? What did she do? Overdosed on pills. Oh, no. I... Oh, no, she's been upset. She's going to need help. But looks like you're not in great shape either. Have you been drinking? No. No, no, I can handle her. Then I'll give you some advice. Take Cecilia to the state mental hospital. Make her sign herself in. Mental hospital? They can help if she agrees. Oh, you don't know my wife. Well, it's her decision. And she's awfully stubborn, especially if she doesn't want to go. But I did. I was so spent and humiliated that I gladly signed myself in. The shock treatments they gave me were supposed to help, but they only made me certain that I would never do anything again to send myself back there. Afterwards, I moved to an apartment, leaving my husband but taking our two sons and everything else in the house. Unfortunately, the only job I could find was tending bar. And though I knew it wasn't the best atmosphere for someone trying to turn over that new leaf, I had no idea the depth of the temptations waiting for me there. Cecilia, we gotta talk. Something wrong, Dave? Not wrong, really. Just wondering if I might make better use of your, uh, talents. My talents? Yeah, make the guys wanna hang around longer. Boost business, you know? By doing what? Well, you could entertain them. Maybe dance for them. Dance? What are you... Uh, well, hold on, Dave. I got two kids at home. Lots of tips in this. Lots more money. Yeah, but... Aw, oh, come on. Just try it. 
I got some real fancy, uh, um, uniforms. Yeah, I seen them in the back room. Pretty skimpy. Yep. Easy off, too. Guys love them, if you know what I mean. Look, Dave, I'm trying to clean up my life. I don't want people to think I'm... What people? Nobody needs to know. And who cares what these jokers think? What kind of money are we talking? A lot more than you're getting now. I bet you could dance real nice, can't you? Yeah, I can dance. I should have known that job would lead me right back into affairs and depression, and this time, even a growing alcohol addiction. So when Joe visited, hoping for reconciliation, I jumped at the opportunity. It seemed like the answer to a fresh start. We agreed to try to fix our marriage, and I'd help out financially by tending bar in a more upscale place. But it wasn't long before old habits returned. You sure I bought enough food? Is there an army coming? <laughs> no, but your family can eat like one. No worries. Mom always brings extra. I want this to be a perfect Christmas for us, Joe. Me too, hon. So the better question is, uh, do we have enough booze in the house? Not yet. I gotta run by work to pick up our order. Nice of Mr. Martin to let you off today. And he's giving us a great deal on the booze, too. Huh. Oh, I gotta pick it up before noon. Better hurry, then. Back before you know it. But I wasn't back. I had every intention of picking up our order and returning home, but instead my family waited impatiently until the afternoon was gone and it was dark and snowy. Joe called the bar several times, but each time a different bartender claimed he hadn't seen me. Our entire family spent Christmas Eve anxiously watching the front door and waiting for me to return, while Joe fumed, both worried and growing more furious by the hour. Finally! Where's the... Oh, Mrs. Martin. Hi, Joe. Where's Cecilia? Calm down. My husband's bringing her in from the car. What happened? A long story. Let's get her in first. What the... She's drunk? No! You gotta be kidding me! I'm sorry, Joe. Uh -huh. I offered her a drink this afternoon. Just one drink, but... Well... She passed out in one of the back booths. All this time? But I called the bar. Yeah, the bartender was a fill-in. He didn't know Cecilia. And no one else noticed her slumped down in the back booth till closing. Oh, sorry. Joe, I didn't mean to... Save it, Cecilia. I heard it all before. We wanted to make sure she got home all right. Yeah, uh, thanks. I'm sorry, Joe. And, uh, well... Merry Christmas. Yeah, right? Merry Christmas. Shut up. Joe was so angry that he wouldn't even let me explain. I truly didn't mean to ruin Christmas. I begged him to believe that and give me another chance. Eventually, he agreed, but only if I would quit the bar job since we both had problems with drinking. I found a safer job, waitressing at a nice little diner, and tried again to turn over that new leaf, for good this time. I was still attending church, but I couldn't understand why it didn't seem to help. That is, until an unexpected encounter with an elderly neighbor. Oh. Uh. Here, ma'am, let me get the door for you. Oh, 
Thank you, dear. Can I take some of that for you? Oh, thank you, but I should be all right. The door was the hard part. That's a beautiful cake. What's the occasion? Well, Bible study and the cakes for afterwards. Uh, my boys think cake's the most important part of any occasion. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, my Bible's the most important. Uh, what's a Bible study without a Bible? <laughs> exactly. Keeps me on the right track. Are you? Hmm? Uh, on the right track. Oh, um, well, not as much as I want to be. You have a Bible, dear? Probably somewhere. I do go to church. Church is important. But it's the Bible that gives you the power to stay on track. Oh, my ride is here. I better run. Thanks for helping me. Anytime. We're just two floors up from you. I know, dear. You do? Sure I do. I've been praying for your family ever since you moved in. Praying for us? That's right. Find that Bible, dear, and read it. You'll find your answers there. I couldn't wait to search our apartment for the Bible my parents had given us. I wondered if I'd been missing the answers I needed because I never paid attention to what it said. Even though I always apologized for my wrongdoings, I felt empty, with no power in my life to make permanent changes. But this time, as I began to read the New Testament, I knew one thing for sure. It was time to find my way back to God, and going to church seemed like a place to start. So all alone, in the quiet of a Saturday evening, I slipped into a nearby church, and I began to speak what was on my heart. God, I'm sorry I've messed up so much. I'm sorry all these years I've kind of done my own thing, you know, my way. I've really made a mess of it. The Bible calls it sin. The Bible also says you gave your son Jesus to save me, to bring me back to you. That's why Jesus had to suffer and die on that cross. I'm ready to turn over a new leaf with you. I'm ready now to give up my old life for good so I can really start over. Please forgive me and help me find the peace and the power to never leave you again. <laughs> I slipped out of that church, wiping my tears, but with a new joy in my heart. I was eager to share my news with Joe, but I knew there was another place I needed to go first before going home. Yes? Mrs. Smith, it's me, Cecilia, third floor. Oh, dear. Are you all right? Yes. Now I know why. Why what, dear? I never understood why each of my apologies always seemed so empty. But then I read this verse in 2 Corinthians. Oh, good. You've been reading your Bible. Yes, and it says... For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. So you see, genuine sorrow for our sinful behaviors leads us to a change of heart and the choice to follow Christ. And a decision to turn your back on the old ways. That's true repentance. <sighs> I've never had the strength to do that. And last, 
But that was before. All this time, I thought I had to keep returning to God. <laughs> Turns out, I never really known him at all. You have a great God to depend on now. Your Bible says, well, here, let me show you. Isaiah, 40th chapter, 29th verse. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Maybe I finally turned over that new leaf. That you have. And when Jesus changes your life, you just can't keep it to yourself. You have quite a story to tell. I do have a story to tell. Oh, my goodness. I need to go. <laughs> Bye, Mrs. Smith. Thank you. Bye, dear. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Joe and I were to spend many more years together enjoying peace that came to us when we finally understood the truth. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Joe and I still had our battles, as all married couples do, but because both of our lives had changed so much, our battles changed too. Well? They look great. Really? Yes, really. I was sure you'd argue about the color. Joe, I'd live in any house you built for me, even if I didn't like the shutters. Remember when I said I'd never own another house with you? Mm-hmm. And all because I left and took everything with me but the kitchen sink. Well, we've come a long way, haven't we? All because we let God build our house and marriage. Our 25th is coming up. Wait. It's not. Really? Oh, sure. You've been dropping hints every other day. Well, it is something to celebrate. Then maybe we should have a little ceremony. Oh, Joe, really? Just something simple, not too fancy. That would be perfect. A testimony to how God has worked in our lives. And maybe we can repeat our vows to each other again. <laughs> you think you'll still want to keep me? Till death do us part? I've always been willing to promise you that, Cecilia. It's a vow I intend to keep. Me too, honey. Me too. I lost Joe soon after that. But the knowledge that we're both forever held in the hands of God assures me that we will see each other again someday. In the meantime, I spend my time with family, friends, and church always looking for an opportunity to share my faith in Christ. What a change from the old Cecilia. Cecilia? <gasps> Helen, hi. Wow, you look great. Oh, thanks. You do, too. Yeah, gained weight again. Pretty soon I'll be shopping in the men's husky. <laughs> well, I love your hair. Thank you. Bonnie, over at Curl Up and Die. Been going to her for 20 years. I've been going to mine for 15. Have we become creatures of habit in our later years, Helen? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it. But it's good to run into old friends. It's so good to see you. The latter years seem to have been better years for you, Cecilia. Except for missing Joe. I guess that's true. You seem at peace. <laughs> Something I never was in our younger years. Why now? I suppose I've learned to depend on someone other than myself for peace of mind. Uh, 
I need to find something like that. Helen, um, you're not in a hurry, are you? No, not at all. Oh, good. Then let's go grab some coffee. I've got a story to tell you. Friend, are you tired of making choices that keep leading you into problem after problem? Like Cecilia experienced, it's hard to make changes that last, but when you repent of the broken choices made in your life and reach out to Jesus, he helps you turn over the ultimate new leaf, a new life. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You see, when you trust in God's decision-making skills over your own, he will direct your path in a new direction, one away from the mess and into a new start, a new self. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We would love to hear from you, but in the meantime, here's an interesting fact about Unshackled. Did you know that some of our actors grew up doing Unshackled? For example, one, Mickey O'Donnell, started acting here at the age of 10 and even ended up directing Unshackled episodes decades later. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled audio drama podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, here's the prize for our upcoming sweepstakes contest, a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And I believe the scripture on this uh, particular plaque is Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. Folks, this is a gorgeous plaque, especially if you're looking for uh, daily inspiration from scripture. You will love this authentic and um, very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or a log uh, and cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. I didn't actually witness that happening, but I can assure you it did. It's been handcrafted around the natural character and the beauty of the wood that God created. So all you have to do to enter our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast Sweepstakes Drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. Now, the winner of this sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on July 26th, but 
The deadline for entry is July 21st. That's coming up next week, folks, so be sure to send your information in before then. And next time... I want to talk to you now. What's this all about? You're scaring me. You see this junk in my hand? It's just literature from my girlfriend's church. What? Our church isn't good enough for you? You think we didn't raise you right? You have to go to this type of church? I just want to know more about God and, and find out what's real and what's not. As a young man, Robert Reinch began comparing what the Bible said to the teachings of his family's faith. Well, what's wrong with our Bible that you have to read this one? Well, your Bible has things added to it. I just wanted to compare the two, that's all. How could you do this to your mother and me? I can't believe you would do this to us. Then, when a family member is killed, his belief in a loving God is challenged. Every time I think about giving up on God, something keeps pulling me back, but I still have lots of doubts. Don't miss his powerful true story on the next Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Cecilia Cotlin were Marcy Mencotti, Julie Ganey, Kurt Nabig, Mara Kate Burns, Bridget Duffy, and Jim Poole. Original music and audio engineer Don Badorf. Sound effects, Jim Poole. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Karen Knight. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.